This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Happy New Year. 2022 is upon us and the UFC has a big Q1 planned and they've announced most of those plans in the last couple weeks. But let's get down to brass tacks. I'm joined by Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Uh, who joins me each and every week out of the goodness of his heart he is the first and inaugural member and the only member of the glory kickboxing hall of fame joe happy new year how did uh, you celebrate the changing of the years christmas etc well i actually uh got covid during the, the oh. christmas break so i got to uh i still able to see my family but just after i saw them uh i spent uh, a little bit of time um basically it was a few days of uh, a flu f- feeling for me and then uh, just some congestion but uh i'm alive here and uh yeah we're in lockdown in ontario but uh trying to keep positive that's my new year's uh 2022 trying to stay positive through all of this craziness but uh well, things are Joe, that's, a, good... that's that's a bad bad you want to be negative you don't want I want to be more posi- negative. You want to be co- COVID positive the whole year. Not COVID positive. Oh, just my, my mistake. Emotionally positive. Yeah, that's it. Once, once for COVID for me was good enough. I don't need it again. All right. Well, so. uh, not not the best Christmas present. I would. I would. No, have to no, say. no. But uh, honestly, it was kind of cool for me because I was like, "What's all this hype about this COVID, man? Let me see what it feels like." So honestly, I'm glad I got it. I'm glad I'm over it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like uh, a lot of people are getting it now, and. We're getting over it, and uh, we just need gyms to open up back so we can all get back into shape. Yeah, my dad just got over it. My sister and her family got over it, and uh, they all went to Florida. Well, my dad was already in Florida, and now my sister took her whole family because they already had it. That's it. Go to Florida, you know. Enjoy the sun. Take advantage. Yep. But uh, how how about yourself? Did the kids enjoy it? Family life with it? What did you do? Did the kids enjoy Christmas? Of course the kids enjoyed Christmas. They loved it. It was great. We had a a good time. Uh, had a little bit of family over and uh, did some hosting, and it was you know it was nice, nice. Uh, you know we do what we can during these times to uh, to enjoy it and uh, try to stay safe in the process. So you yeah. know that's what now, we did. Can your kids stay up to midnight? Are they or do they fall asleep? Oh, or do you, my, oh, my I know son, some parents who kind of do like different break, time zones. My son was going to bed at one. My eleven-year-old was going to bed at one a.m. and waking up at like eleven thirty in the morning. Okay, so yeah. yeah, they made up. I barely made it up. So yeah, they now survived. He's, now he's doing his virtual school. He rolls out of bed in the mornings and he's he's off the races. All right, there you go. So you excited now that we're back, Aaron, or what? Like us for our podcast as a UFC? Yeah. yeah. You know what? It's funny. I was talking to our senior producer Jason Palter at TSN, uh, probably just about twenty minutes ago. And he was like, what was the last pay-per-view? And I was like, it was Oliveira and Poirier. He goes, I go, it seems like it was an eternity ago. Yeah, I mean, too long of a break, definitely. Well, they do it every year during the winter holidays, which I think is good for their staff. I mean, their staff works so hard during the course of the year. And good for people like myself who cover the sport. You know, I, I took almost three straight weeks off. It was it was great. And, uh, you know, got to spend time with the family, enjoy the new year, and not think about MMA for some time. But now that we have an event coming up this Saturday. It's all I'm thinking about. I'm having trouble sleeping. I'm just thinking about future events. The yeah. wheels are in motion. How do I change things? You've seen me be, be a little bit more active on Instagram. That I'm trying, yeah. trying to work on that. I do, I'm doing TikToks now, Joe. Oh, TikTok the, too. Yeah, we got to enter yeah. the 21st century. Yeah, I've been messing around with TikTok, but uh, I don't do creative TikToks. I'm, I'm guilty of that. I just post my fighting clips, uh, my, not my fighting clips, my, my pad work, my training, and they get good views. I have uh, one video with over 10.5 million views wow, on TikTok. A decent amount. Yeah, that's, I think it's my best watch thing ever, and it came off of TikTok. So. I've got a TikTok idea for you. You want to hear it? Let's hear it. It's kicking stuff with Joe Valtellini where people throw stuff at you and you kick it. They just kick it. Anything. And, and every week it's like a different thing. Like it could be like an apple. That's not bad. It can be a watermelon. 
can be hey, a, a tennis kicking racket. Kicking it with bazooka. Kicking I like stuff it. With bazooka Joe Valtellini. I don't know about a tennis racket. That would hurt, but I'd be into it. I mean, you've kicked human legs before, so I'm sure a tennis yeah. racket is not going to be the end of the world. Yeah, true. <laughs> I actually I actually saw a piece, uh, like a, a metal pole the other day, and I, I asked my parents, and it, the wrong people to ask me, do you think I could kick this and bend it? My mom's like, don't do it. Why? Why? <laughs> like, why would you even think about that? I'm like, I don't know. It's just something engraved in me. It's not my fault. I've too many years of kickboxing. Not your parents. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, they were the only ones there. So my mom, I had to ask her if I should do it. And she said no. So if, if my friend said, yeah, try it, I probably would have tried it. But mom shut it down quick. Well, it's uh, nice to see you again in the new year. And I'm, I'm excited about all that we're going to do. But yeah, that. You can use that idea for TikTok. Just every week, people will see what you are going to kick. They won't know. It'll be like a mystery thing come from off camera. If someone behind cool. the camera throw it, and you just kick it. Yeah, round kick, spin kick, anything. Yeah, you could break like some. It. You could break like a cantaloupe with your foot, couldn't you? If somebody threw it. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. People would love to watch. Then you shoot it in slow motion. A nice watch it explode. knee, spin move. Yeah, there you go. Easy to do. Yeah, done. I, I like it. Beautiful. Not a bad idea. I, I, I don't like a... the mess aspect <laughs> of it after, but I have to do it outside maybe. And give me a producer credit. We're all good. We're square. Yeah. Done. All right. Well, we've got Done. the year kicking off with someone who you're very familiar with, Calvin Cater, and another person you're very familiar with from covering him during uh, his days in glory, Giga Chikadze. Yep. This is a fun event, and I'm surprised that the odds are as long as they are because I think that Calvin Cater uh, is a better fighter than these odds would indicate. Do you? Would you yeah, agree? I was sh- totally shocked at that. I did not expect, uh, you know, to be a, almost a two to one underdog. That to me is insane. I think uh, people forgot. I think. The recency effect with Calvin Cater was the beating he took from Holloway. We'll say it as it is. But knowing Calvin and how his team is and how he gets better and how good his boxing is, his pressure is very good with his hands. So I actually think he's a real good underdog because Giga is a kicker. You have to pressure him. you got to put your hands on him. Calvin's not going to kick with Giga. He's going to pressure him, try to put his punches on him, push him backwards. So I think this is definitely a tougher fight than most people see it. Well, I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be really exciting. And to me, I think the key is if it gets beyond the third round, that's when kind of all bets are off, I think. Like, I think that once – like, if you like Giga Chikadze, um, you probably should be sweating once it hits the third round. I think that third or fourth round, I think that's where Calvin Cater will do his best work. Um, yep. I think it does go over. I think this fight goes the distance. Um, that, mm-hmm. that was my TSN edge play for this week was the uh, over three and a half rounds. I think it was minus 120. I think that this fight does go long because these guys are both very durable, very tough fighters. And I think that that's what we're going to see. Yeah. And I think they're both really good with range control. That's why Giga's so good. He can move. He bounces. He stays away. But uh, Kelvin, I always use Kelvin as an example with a lot of my fighters because a lot of people say, you know, you don't want to pressure. Use the high guard. I'm like, watch Kelvin Cater. The way he uses his high guard defense, he can pressure forward. Uh, The way he counters, he kind of does these light punches mixed with big punches. So I think Kelvin's big power rear hand is what catches Giga Chikadze if he gets it. You know, while Giga's kicking, his face is exposed. I actually have uh, one of my coaches here at Bazooka, Matt Embry, fought Giga in glory, and that's what kind of uh, Matt Embry used. As Giga was kicking, was able to catch him with a, a nice straight overhand or a straight punch and ended up knocking Giga out. But uh, So I think Giga's learned from that, but uh, that's still his most vulnerable time, and Kelvin's got the good punches, so close fight to me. Well, you know, I spoke to Dana White earlier today, and I asked him, why didn't you guys just wait to see what happened on this weekend's main event before announcing uh, the, the next featherweight bout, which is going to be between... Alexander Volkanovsky and the Korean Zombie. And his response was, you know, they got stuff to do. They got to get these announcements out. I guess tickets are going to go on sale at some point in time, although they don't even have a venue or city for this particular April event. But 
you know, he said, we don't know if Giga wins, is he going to be healthy? Or is the winner of this fight going to be healthy afterwards? Are they going to be able to turn it around that quickly? He just said there was too many balls in the air. They wanted to announce uh, an opponent for Volkanovski. But to me, if Giga wins this fight, I think that he is probably the next challenger after whenever they do this Max fight. He's up there. I mean, he's won, he'll have won eight in a row and be 8-0 in the UFC since joining the promotion, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, and he's doing it in pretty spectacular fashion, too. I mean, we know how good his kicks are. And I think I've said it all the, from years. I said, once there's a good kicker in the UFC, people are really going to see how valuable kicks are. And I think Giga's one of those guys who could really show how valuable kick fighting is. Everyone's like, well, if you throw your kicks, you get taken down. How many times has Giga been taken down? I don't mm-hmm. think he has been taken down once. And he throws probably more kicks than anybody else in the UFC. So I think Giga's going to be fun to watch. He's entertaining but i think like you said when you nailed it it's like we haven't seen him really tested into wrestling too hard uh, i think that's where if kelvin can kind of close that distance in the third fourth and fifths and that's where things can change i know the answer because i researched this but giga was taken down i believe in his first three fights or at least a couple times in the totality of the first three fights but he hasn't been taken down in his last four he's stuffed seven takedown attempts in his last four fights so mm-hmm. uh, i i don't think kelvin's going to be looking for takedowns i think this is going to be mostly basically a kickboxing fight for the most part and it's going to be mostly, like you said, boxer versus kicker. And I'm excited to see what happens. But, hey, if Cater tries to take him down, maybe he does go with that strategy just because it's not the expected. Yeah, I, I think we don't really know how good. I've seen it personally, but I know how good Kelvin is on the ground. I mean, I think that is something he just really hasn't had to use or um, we it. haven't really seen it. So I, I really think Kelvin wrestling and even clinching and the, the dirty elbows on the inside could be something good for him. But I think... I think grappling would be the strategy for Calvin if it was me. Interesting. I'm eager to see if he looks to shoot on Giga Jikadze because, like I said, I don't think that would be expected from people that know how Calvin Cater fights. Yeah, but I mean, I'm telling you, it's his secret that I think he keeps in his back pocket for fights like this. So I think that's the strategy. And again, what's the best way to take his least damage against a dangerous kickboxer? Clinch him up, try to fatigue him in the clinch, tire his arms out. So... I don't know. I'm very intrigued in this. I think it's a perfect matchup, but I just hate seeing two guys that I really like fight each other. That's just the the downside of this fight for me. But I think on paper, this is probably one of my favorites fights announced. Yeah, it's awesome. There's a lot of really good main events announced for the remainder of the quarter, and we'll get to those in a moment. But I want to talk about a couple more fights on this card before we jump away from it. I know that the card is changing basically <laughs> minute by, by minute. Second. So hopefully by the time we get this podcast out, it's going to still be accurate. But there are 10 fights on the card. And two that I really am interested in seeing that I think have implications of the division are Brandon Royval against Rogerio Bontarine yeah. and Jennifer Maya against Caitlin Jukagian. I think both of those fights will make a difference in terms of the pecking order of their respective divisions. Yeah, I, I think on out of the those two matchups, it's uh, Roy Val that I really like. I mean, I think he's just an exciting fighter. I think he can get scrappy. He's I think he's just fun to watch for a flyweight. I think he's uh, going to do big things in the division as time goes on. He's just super aggressive, and he's always looking for the finish, which I love about him. You don't see a lot of his fights go the distance because he's constantly trying to find ways, whether it's with his striking or mostly his grappling, to finish these fights. And I think that's what we're going to see here against Bontarine. The problem with Bontarine is he makes a lot of little mistakes. Like I think if you look at it from a, a pure matchup standpoint, Bontarine matches up pretty well against Royval, but the problem with Bontarine is in his fights, we've seen him slip up. And if you slip up against Royval, he's going to take your neck. Yeah, yeah. I think... Uh, I think... 
for Bonturin, the first round is his chance. I think as the fight goes on, I think Roy Val kind of gets it done. If you look at this card, though, I don't think there's a lot of people that the average fan will have heard of, really. That's the problem. It's not, not exactly the most star-laden card, but hey, it's a card. And I think everybody who has been missing the UFC for whatever, three straight weeks. Yeah, we'll take no it. Card. Yeah, we'll take it. Whatever it is. Can yeah, take the I worst mean, people on the roster. Michelle Pereira, uh, is he still on the no, card? No, next weekend. He's been moved to next weekend. Ah, I was going to say, on, based on the UFC, I was like, I didn't. That's that one snuck up there. Because I hear a lot of people, there's not even a co-main event announced, I don't believe. For this weekend's card? Yeah, For this that, weekend. That's a good question. I think I think it's Roy Val versus Bontarine, but I might be wrong on that. Yeah, last, uh, last time I heard, I didn't think there was a, a co-main booked for it. Do you think it was just to get people excited for next week's pay-per-view then? Maybe. I mean, next week's pay-per-view is going to be awesome. I love the two title fights. Yeah. Uh, I think that Gon versus Nganu in particular is going to be fantastic. Well, right now, ESPN has Collier versus Sherman as the co-main event. All right. As I'll a, take it. As Sherman's, uh, Macaulay Culkin would say in Home Alone, woof. The Vanilla Gorilla. I thought it was the Killer gor- Gorilla, but no, that's, that's uh, Candoneer. Yeah. yeah. So Come the on, guys. A little bit more Sherman. creative. Yeah. But Against next the week, prototype. And Ganu Gan, that's one that I'm really looking forward to. I don't know how that one's going to go. Gan's the what's, favorite right now, minus 130. I was going to say, what's the odds on that? Gan, eh? Minus 130 and Ganu plus 110. Now, I can that's already insane. tell you what my TSN Edge recommended play is for that one if you are interested. Yeah, definitely interested. Francis Ngannou, minus 150. If fights go to the scorecard, it's a push. No action. So basically, unless Gon finishes him, it's no action or it's a win. Okay. What is that? Or if Ngannou wins on the scorecards, which I don't see being something that's going to happen. Okay. I I think, I'm telling you, once Nagano touches you, I think it's a little bit different. It's going to be hard, though. But uh, I don't know. I'm still leaning Nagano in this one, personally. Five rounds. He gets it done of Gon trying to avoid getting hit by that rocket is going to be interesting because that's what he did against Derek Lewis, but I think Ngannou is a different kind of animal. Yeah, I think so too. I, I don't know. I personally, like I keep saying it, I don't think there's many people that will be able to take that shot once it lands. I mean, you could even try blocking it. It's still going to hit you, but Gon's got the best chance. He moves best. He kind of kickboxes really well, kind of in and out. His coach knows Nagano better than anybody, so if anyone's going to do it, it's, it's Gon. And, of course, you've got Moreno versus Figueredo, the trilogy fight, third time in 13 months that they faced each other. Similar to Stipe and Cormier, except over less time, because those guys fought each other, I think, three times in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, I think the Derek Lewis fight happened after the first Cormier-Stipe fight, and then Cormier, but Stipe fought him three times in a row, and now you've got Moreno-Figueredo three times in a row, and I asked Dana White today, you know, what happens if Figueredo wins this one? Because you've got a weird trilogy where it's, one win for Moreno and a draw. So if Figueredo wins this, now you've got one, one, and one. So one, you almost one, have one. to yeah. move it to a best of five. Yeah. Are you still interested in this? Are you I still am. interested in the fight? I am. Because I think a lot of people are writing Figueredo off from the last performance, and I just don't think that was the best Figueredo in that last performance. And not, not to say that the best Figueredo shows up this time around. Who knows? But I thought in the first fight, Figueredo won so much of that fight. Like, if you don't get rid of that point deduction, Figueredo wins that fight. And there was one judging scorecard that gave Moreno the fifth round, even though Moreno threw, like, three punches, which was just odd. <laughs> but that fight, probably, if Figueredo puts his foot on the gas a little bit in the fifth round of that first fight, he wins that fight. We may not even have a rematch. But I think that people are kind of 
thinking it's a foregone conclusion that Moreno's going to win. But Moreno's the younger guy. He's improved a lot. We saw how good he looked in his last fight. I don't blame them for having that thought, but I think a lot of people are dismissing how good Figueredo is. Yeah, I mean, and Figueredo for his, I have a feeling he'll probably move up in weight class eventually. Yeah, like cool. the way he how drained he looks when he steps on the scale. I think that's his biggest downfall of being a flyweight. Um, so I think he'll probably do better damage as a featherweight. I'm with you. Hey, do you like Dr. Pepper? Do I like Dr. Pepper? I do. Brought, I like the diet Dr. Pepper once in a while. They brought Dr. Zevia to Canada. I've got, I've got it here. It's the Dr. Pepper version of Zevia. It's phenomenal. I just want. Really, to, I love Zevias too, though. Do you? Do you but like? But I've Zevia? never seen a doc. Oh, I, I, I like the, the, the grapes. Usually my favorite. I like the grape, but uh, yeah, there's I've been, a I've cherry just, one. I've been throwing these things down on a daily basis. I'm not like yeah. I, I used to be such a big pop drinker when I was a kid, and I don't have refined sugar anymore, right? So now that they've had Zevia, I like the Zevia Cola is good. But the Zevia Dr. Pepper is just, it's its world class. That's the one? That's the one. And it just came. Isn't there, there, is, there is a cherry one, though, isn't there? I, there's a, ch- I think it's in the States. I don't know. There's a cherry root beer one here, I think. But uh, okay. in the I do U.S., like the root they've beer had Dr. Zevia. Whenever I'd go to the U.S., I'd get Dr. Zevia. And then I saw it. And it's called my... Dr. Zevia. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they actually named it Dr. Zevia. Yeah. So I saw All it at right. my local metro here, and I picked it up. Yeah, I like it. I always drink them, so. Got to get them. You got to get it. And they brought creamy root beer in as well. That's the other flavor they brought in. So, I out. usually get them at Healthy Planet. That's where I usually pick them up. They always have them there. Yeah. They have them at my, both the supermarkets I go to carry it. So, uh, But shout out. This is an unpaid advertisement. Shout out. There you guys. go. Fantastic. Well, uh, fantastic well if they want to pay, that's that's good yeah, too. Yeah, hey. I'd be more want. than happy with that. They sponsor yeah. MMA fighters and stuff. I think, who was it that was their sponsor? Uh, I remember that. I can't remember which fighter it was that represented them. It was like a pretty was it Chandler? Name. Was it Chandler? He no. might have, but there was one big. There was a UFC champion, if I'm not mistaken. That I don't know if it was Dominic Cruz or somebody. I can't remember. But they. But I do remember that MMA as well. Before, so. Yeah. Either All right. Way. The TSN I, I MMA show would be yeah, next. Absolutely. Logical step. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you, you want to get somebody like Joe holding a can of Zevia. I mean, me. I mean, you know, maybe you're if you're trying to. Uh, appeal to the average, uh, you know, nerdy individual. You might go with me, but if you want to appeal to the fight community, Joe's, you know, Joe certainly well, is your guy. I'll take it. I'll take it all as long as Perfect Sports Nutrition allows me to get on ZV. I'm good. <laughs> there you go. Another free, another free ad. Another for, free uh, plug. For I had to now. All right, UFC 270. Like uh, you said, next weekend, and now they've announced main events for some of the future pay-per-views uh, in Q1. UFC 271 is still Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker with the co-main event being Brunson versus Cannoneer. And and I think that's smart because with this COVID variant, it's just going to, these events are going to take hits. It's just, we have to just yeah. face that that's going to be the fact. Uh, UFC 272, Masvidal, Colby Covington, five-round fight. Covington a minus 330 favorite at the moment. Masvidal plus 265, very interesting fight. And I like that yeah. they're doing non-title main events i think that there are a lot of intriguing fights that you can make that to me are better than certain title fights you can make yeah especially for a pay-per-view too i mean i think that's a a big step that would be the second time then right we've had a well let me give you i guess the abridged history the last time a non-conor mcgregor main event that wasn't for any sort of title and when i say any sort of title I, i mean the bmf title i guess if you want to count that as a title but the last time where there was one that was scheduled in advance was nick diaz versus anderson silva We've okay. also had Anderson Silva versus Israel that was named on the day of the fight that was made the main event. So I don't really count that one. It was a three-round fight. 
Okay. Remember, Whitaker was supposed to face Gastelum, and that fell off on the day of the fight due to a medical emergency, so I don't count that one. And then you have Masvidal and Diaz, and the reason why that's significant, uh, significant rather, is because Masvidal now has basically two main events where he's headlined cards that don't have a real title on the line or, or a non-title. And I don't mean to dismiss the BMF championship, but that was a token championship made for that particular fight. Yeah, absolutely. I guess Masvidal's the, the ticket seller that doesn't need the belt then, right? But it's interesting, right? Because there are so few fighters in the sport that kind of had that designation, especially outside of Conor McGregor. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive. I mean, for me, I don't know. I just, it almost surprised me. I know his personality, but uh, to me, I just want to see more of him. And I don't know. I'm just that, uh, I don't see the, the big appeal in his fighting style for me, but uh, I guess he's got something that I don't see. I don't think that we've seen a fighter that has been as that has been managed as well as Jorge Masvidal ever. Like the way that they've been able to do things to have them perfectly fall into place to build his star power when he really was a guy that you just kind of had on fight night cards. But he took that year and a bit off. He was on that reality show, came back, knocked out Darren Till, um, knocked out who else? Who were his other big knockouts that he had that kind of got him set up for this? It was Darren mm. Till. I'm forgetting a big one. Oh, uh, Askren, Ben Askren. That oh, yeah, highlight the big, reel the big win punch, over Askren. Yeah. And then that BMF championship with Diaz. Got title fights against Usman, fell short. But still, like this guy is getting in big fight after big fight after big fight. And he's done it by knocking down the pins that they set up in front of him and, and staying relevant and staying popular. So kudos to him and kudos to his management for making the right decisions on his behalf. Yeah, and I mean, look who his opponent is. Someone else who's used branding very well to get them. You mean... They're uh, they using their, I think it's with Masvidal that the street gangster, the tough guy, the, the dressing now with the robes, and he's got a, he's got an appeal to him. And I mean, I think now him with the beef with Colby is just going to set for a more exciting fight. Yeah, you have to give Colby his due here because I don't think that Masvidal versus Leon Edwards headlines a pay-per-view. But Masvidal versus Colby with all the juice behind it and all the beef behind it, I think that that's what makes it a unique proposition. And, and I mean, they must be paying Masvidal really good to to take this fight. For sure. Right? And I think I mean, it'll do well. I think it's going to be a good box office draw because once you start seeing, seeing the lead up to it, that's where it's going to be interesting. I think so. I think once the those guys almost need uh, like a press conference further out of the fight. I know they won't for it, but they almost they need something. Oh, you mean further out? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little further out, you know, get people a little bit more excited for it. Because I mean... That sells itself. Put those two guys in a room and let them talk. And, I mean, you're going to sell so many extra pay-per-views. It's too good not to. I'm trying to think of what the the other headlining fights are over the course of this quarter. So, of course, you've got 270. Then you've got a weekend off. They're already giving us blessing us with a weekend off on January 29th. Although there is going to be a, Bell- a pretty solid Bellator card, mind you, on that uh, particular day. Then you've got Sean Strickland versus Jack Hermanson as the main event for February the 5th. February 12th, you've got, as I mentioned, the aforementioned middleweight championship between Israel and Robert Whitaker. February 19th now is headlined by the Battle of the Hafaels, Rafael Fiziev and Rafael Dos Anjos. I guess Rafael Fiziev, not Rafael, because he's not from Brazil. So Rafael versus Rafael. And the week after that, you've got Benil Dariush against Islam Makhachev. That's an amazing fight. Then you've got... Covington versus Masvidal, followed by Ankalaev versus Thiago Santos. Great fight in the light heavyweight division. March 19th, no main event yet 
announced for that particular card. And then the 26th, you've got Rakic versus Blahovic in the main event. All right. So which one are you most excited for? If we're looking at just Q1. I'm trying to look for myself. That Makhachev fight is a really great fight. But if I had to choose one, it's going to be Gon versus Nganu. Like I have to yeah, outside that. of that one. I say, I say outside of that one. Outside of that one? Makhachev yeah. versus Darius is a really interesting one. I'm yeah. very intrigued by that fight. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, Izzy and Whitaker is always fun. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that one would be fun. I think Whitaker will commit. And I mean, I want to see. I, I, I don't know. I just – Whitaker – seems to have this confidence to him coming into this one i've heard him on a few uh other shows and he's just got that i just like his demeanor going into this one but izzy is izzy so i think that's going to be my pick but strickland's always fun well i think uh, having no. so much time removed from being the champion was really good for robert Whitaker to build his confidence back up and to get him into a spot where he's gonna have a rematch where he doesn't feel the same pressure as he did before so i think that's interesting i think israel likes the pressure i don't think that Whitaker necessarily does yeah, I mean, uh, their last fight was how long ago? About over a year now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well over a year because well, long time. Whitaker's fought okay. I think, three times since then. He's fought Darren Till. He's fought Cannoneer. And I think he fought someone else as well that I'm forgetting. It's got to have been at least two, three years, I would think, since the last time they fought. And it's interesting because Whitaker is uh, looking at the uh, Bohovic fight as a fight that he feels is the way to beat Izzy. So, I mean, I guess he's going to try to maybe wrestle a little bit more, pressure, stay patient. That's the key. You can't just rush Izzy like he did in that first fight. You know, Izzy's too sharp, too quick, good timing. So I think you'll see a little bit more patient Whitaker. I think that's the key. Did you see Gastelum's next opponent that was announced uh, I have not. this morning? Taking on Nasruddin Imovov. The training okay. partner of Cyril Gaon, who looks uh, fantastic in New York. Is he the taller guy? Yeah. Taller kid? Yeah. Yeah, he looks good. I know who you're talking. Yeah, very good. I guess Gaslam is not right. moving down to 170. There was a rumor he was planning on moving down. Uh, Gaslam, I'm telling you, I've seen him in person. Every time I see him in person, I'm that much more impressed at his size and how and who he's fought with the size that he has. It's To me, it's just... That's crazy. It's like a Goken Saki to me where someone was like, how are you fighting heavyweights? How are you fighting so big? I don't understand, but those guys do it well. Absolutely. Um, what's going on with uh, your guys? Do you have anybody, have any, you know, anything lined up with any of your guys right now? No, everything's really closed down for us over here. Canada's scene is very, very slow. And I know BTC has a show coming up March 5th and my one guy, Ariel Zuniga, who won their quarterfinals, is going in the semifinals of their tournament. Uh, but the we're just hoping to, to get Matt Spales. March 5th? Yeah, you might. Yeah, it might, might happen. <laughs> I'm not very confident in the Ontario government right now mm-hmm. to allow it, so I have a feeling it won't happen. But uh, we'll stay positive. Remember I said in the beginning of the show, it's about not <laughs> negative COVID, positive outlook, right? Right. So I like that. We're, uh, we're trying. Well, I do know that from... What I've heard from, I guess, various epidemiologists and people that come up with these, these numbers, mid-February is when they're expecting this to kind of taper off. So you know, we'll see if that ends up happening. I don't, I don't know. I'm not the, the expert on this. That's just what I've heard. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't think anybody's an expert these days. But, again, positive. Positive. Positivity. That's what we're going to roll with. Now, did you get – I didn't end up asking you. Did you end up doing like a little award thing for yourself this year? Yeah, we did our roundtable with uh, several journalists and we gave our awards. Is there one in particular that you're curious about? No, it was just uh, your fighter of the year, male Mine and is female. Charles Oliveira. I'm, and I'm okay. kind of in the minority there, but I think 
if you look at the expectations of Charles Oliveira entering the year, for him to not only win the title, but then defend it against the guy that everybody thought was the uncrowned champion in the way that he did. I know that we saw three title defenses from Usman, but was Usman expected to lose any of those fights? Like, I think yeah. the expectation is that Usman was going to cruise in those fights, right? So while he does deserve his due for winning three fights, um, you know, look at what happened. He, he That knockout over Masvidal was an amazing knockout, but his win over Covington wasn't as much of an exclamation point as the first win. And then the Gilbert Burns fight, he had some real adversity in that first round. Not that Oliveira, of course, didn't against Michael Chandler, but again, I don't think that a lot of people thought that Charles Oliveira would be good enough to now be facing Justin Gaethje and being a minus 225 favorite against Justin Gaethje, right? Like, he's finally getting the respect, but I'm going to give him the respect formally, and I named him my uh, male fighter of the year. Yeah, that's a good pick. I don't mind it. What did most of the majority you think went with? Usman. I think almost everybody went with Usman. Yeah, that that was my initial pick, but I like the Oliveira being different. Female was a little hard this year, no? Well, my female fighter of the year probably has to be Juliana Pena. For what, like, for beating Nunes, right? Like, it's hard to give it to anybody else based on that one huge accolade. You know, a lot of people said Rose. Marina Rodriguez, I think, deserves a, certainly an honorable mention. She had a great year as well. Yeah, I mean, but you're thinking I from the criticism for Pena was what, her only fighting twice, I think, this year? Once or twice? Well, but I mean, one of them is beating the GOAT. Right? I just think a lot of people didn't pick her because they gave her the comeback of the year or something like that, right? Or the big the upset of the year, right? But, yeah, but she who still else are you deserves fighting. That's, like that was my pick. I know she just beat the goat. It doesn't matter if she fought once or twice in my mind. Like the way she did it too, and the confidence she brought to it, I thought was very impressive. Like Rose beat Wei Li twice, I believe, in last year. But the second one was like that was a close fight. Yeah, I think a lot of no, people John won that fight. Yeah, the one other one I had for you was Breakthrough Fighter of the Year. I think that was the one that was all over the place. Breakthrough that I've seen fighter people. Of the year. Yeah, um, like a breakthrough. I've heard, I've heard an Ian Gary. Um, I heard, uh, who you, else have I heard? some it, people I even said Oliveira as a breakthrough fighter I'd of the year. I heard Cyril gone. Like Cyril yeah. gone. Where was he at the beginning of 2021? And now he's the interim champion, a favorite over Francis Ngannou. I don't think you would have predicted that a year ago. Yeah. No, that's a good pick too. Yeah. No, I was curious. I was curious of those three for you. And then if you're looking at the, the comeback fighter of the year, I think Gerald Mearshart deserves a mention. Um, Mearshart's, Yeah. I would say that, I don't know if you would call it a comeback, but um, Chris Curtis, uh, you have to mention how good of a year he had. He was 4-0 in 2021, came to the UFC, won two fights, basically fighting up a division. Now he's staying at middleweight, but either way, uh, like you have to give Chris Curtis his due. Wins over Brendan Allen and Phil Hawes. He was a big underdog in both those fights. Won them within the yeah. weeks of each other. Like You got to give that guy his due. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of other breakthrough that uh, came, came to mind, but uh, yeah, no, I like the picks. Yeah, I like them. Good stuff. I got to maybe listen back to that roundtable for then. It's all just our just way curious. of making content for the three weeks off and just come up with things that you can say and they don't really mean a whole lot. But, you know, we, we talk about yeah, it's and... fun discussion because, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the reason I'm asking because a lot of uh, shows are producing their awards this week. So I've got to hear a lot of people talking about their awards. So I was I wondering if you did something. They're a day late and a dollar short if they're doing them this week. Yeah, it heard this week. Well, Anik and Florian, they did it this week, so put them on blast. What were they doing put the last couple blast, weeks? Put them on blast, Yeah. Uh, relaxing? John Anik doesn't know how to relax. Come on, John Anik. Come on, Florian. What Pick about knockout of the year? What was your knockout of the year? Do you have an opinion on that one? Uh, knockout of the year. I'm just My brain's all over the place with these. I suck at picking best ones of the year because I don't keep track of like all the other fights. I have 
too many glory fights in my mind. Uh, knockout of the year. The Bahamondes one was great. The Usman knockout of Masvidal was great. Sergio Pettis certainly deserves... Uh... The Sergio Pettis, you got to think, would be one of the better ones. Um, there was one spinning heel kick that I really liked this year. Might have been Bahamondes. Is that the one? Yeah. The tall kid, right? Yeah, yeah. The tall Ignacio young guy. Yeah. That was yeah. good. Uh, Ecuadorian or yeah, or something like that. Ecuador. I don't know, but that spin kick was very nice. To me, I don't really value punches as well. To me, a knockout of the year has got to come from the legs. I mean, I know I've heard some people say um, the Usman knockout over Masvidal. Yeah. That was a popular one. But I want to see a nice head kick, a spinning kick, a flying knee to the face. I'd almost pick... Um, you know, the Sanhagen knee was a, a nasty oh, that was one. A one. Yeah, That's that a was one. a good one. Per, even Pereira's knee against Micheletti there, whatever yeah. his name is. <laughs> that, that, that scissor knee to the face is pretty good. Michalinas. That's a glory fighter. That's a glory fighter. Mm-hmm. Micheletti. So yeah. I get confused. <laughs> but yeah, that scissor knee to the face. Beautiful. Yeah, Micheletis. There you go. Yasufilete canis. That was a nice knee though, for sure. But uh, yeah, like yeah those this Bahamundes one was probably the prettiest one. It was at like 4.59 of the third round. It was pretty. That was a pretty sick knockout. Yeah. So, I mean, I value kick knockouts. So, if you're going to impress me, you better do it with your feet or your legs. What's the greatest knockout of all time, in your opinion? It's greatest. Putting, putting you right on the spot with like an extremely tough question. Greatest knockout of all time. It, now, that's when Askren's up Ter- there. The, the Askren was nice. Maybe the Terry Edom. Oh, was that... Yeah. Barboza spinning heel kick. That was full extension right on the chin. The way he fell, that's up there for me. Mm-hmm. There's all these other ones with these 360, but one of the be- I feel it has to come in a big fight, a UFC fight. Like some of these under fights. I'm like, you give me an amateur guy, I'll do a 10,000 spins, you know? The Showtime kick. Oh, that wasn't a knockout, though. The Showtime kick was not a knockout. People forget that. That was, that yeah. was just a, uh, a knockdown. Because yeah. Henderson survived that. Yeah, he did. He did. I seen one Raymond Daniels against mm-hmm. Francois Ambang, both of my former opponents, was a nice one. He did like a, a touch back kick. That was pretty impressive. But I think, yeah, maybe that Terry Edom one. Or who was the one last year? I always I can never forget his name. Where his leg was caught, then he spun around and kicked. Oh yeah, yeah. Against yeah. Kai uh, Sapong and uh Yes. Buckley. That was a good that was one. A great one. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones, but it has to come from the legs. You can tell. But that Terry Edom one when he got knocked out with Barboza was one of the nastiest for me. Yeah, I mean, if it's gonna come from the fifth, it's gotta be like a spinning back fist of some sort. Yeah, no, I th- those are mine. The back kicks has to. Those are the ultimate. What else you want? A spinning back kick to the 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 temple, the best. I did my TSN edge picks for this weekend. Would you like to hear them? I'm trying to remember if I can come up with them right. off the top of my head. Let me pull them up. I, I texted them to my uh my producer here, the great Dominic Padula. Let's see. You still this year prop bets again? Is that still your move? Just for dart of the week, but that fight got canceled that I had a dart for. So all I have is Chikadze and Cater over three and a half rounds, like I mentioned to you. Uh, and you're Holmes, getting that at what, what minus one twenty? You said minus one twenty. Holmes by submission plus two fifty, and uh, parlay of Brandon Royval and Vyacheslav Borshev at plus one forty eight. So those are my picks. Right. Not, not a lot of great odds on this particular card, to be honest. Not nothing really too juicy that stands out to me. Well, I'm looking at uh, best fight odds. Apparently, Brian Keller is fighting twice uh, well, on that night. That's he's in a tournament, and uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently we're starting UFC tournaments here, and uh, so we'll see. Well, he just got a replacement opponent yesterday. I think it wasn't Kevin Kroom is going to be facing okay. Kelleher. So that's an, that's an interesting fight. I think if that's at 145, Kroom is pretty live actually in that spot. 
Is uh, I seen my buddy there, Zuruk Adeshev's on the card. No, not anymore. He's off too. Jeez. Everyone's off. Yeah, apparently. If you look at best fight odds, you see the ones that don't have odds like across the board. Those are the ones that aren't on. Those are the ones that are off. All right. Yeah. So no Zuruk then. And there's no main event, of course, according to bestfightodds.com odds.com for some reason this week. Yeah, they're so slacking they're this week. New I sent them a message. Come I sent them a DM saying, hey, like, what, what's going on here? You got to fix this. And they, they never got back to me. Never fixed it. I'm obviously right. not that important. No, geez. Look at these guys. And we use them every week on the show, too. Yeah, well, you've got somewhere to be, don't you? What, what, oh, no, that's at, uh, that's at 4.30. we got a little bit more time. Anything else you want to discuss? Anything anything that's come up recently? Any uh, Anything in the world of Bellator or anything that we're forgetting? Uh, um, I don't know. I mean, I was always interested in uh, with Mark Hunt uh, and his him suing of the UFC. I always thought um, that is an interesting story. Feeling like, do you think he's actually going to get anything from the UFC? I don't think so because you really have to be able to prove true negligence, and I just don't know if he has the 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 documents to prove that. I mean, who knows? But I thought that the whole thing was lost pretty much for. A time. So did and then, I, and then there, it went through appeals, and the appeal was granted. So, I guess we'll have to see. Because uh, I mean, it's I one know. of the almost the first of its kind with MMA, right? Yeah, I, I just don't know what the evidence. Is. I have to take a look at it. It's hard for me to really comment on it because I don't know what evidence they're kind of presenting in in this particular instance that can prove that they allowed Brock Lesnar to whatever cheat drug test or whatever it is that he's accusing in order to to get the win. So. I, I don't know. We'll have to see. That that was uh, almost 10 years ago, wasn't it? UFC 200? It would have been up there. And he's fought so many times since then now, hasn't he? Mark Hunt, maybe Which not 10 years confusing. ago. Probably less than that. It's Yeah, probably five plus years ago. Because I started covering the sport at 206, and that was five years ago. So, yeah, it would have been five and a half years ago. All right. Let me ask. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions sure, now. Let me see. Uh, will Francis Nagano fight Tyson Fury one day? I don't think so, but... I will say that if you're going to do it with MMA gloves, that is intriguing to me. Like that's Usually I don't like these boxing MMA crossovers, but even if it's in a ring or whatever, if it's MMA gloves and it's boxing with Francis and a guy yeah. like Tyson Fury that isn't like a big one-punch knockout guy, you've got my attention. All right. Do we see John Jones 2022? I asked Dana White that. Uh, I did my odds game with Dana. Have you ever watched my odds game that I do with him? I haven't done it and uh, didn't do it last. You kind of ask him a bunch of questions usually, right? Yeah, at throw the some end. odds at him. We're gonna we're yeah. gonna unveil that next Tuesday. But I did the odds game with him and it was a lot of fun. So uh, I threw that at him. I gave him. I think it was like minus two fifty yes and plus three hundred no, and he took the yes. So there's a sneak preview for you. All right, and if he comes back, your prediction fight like a Stipe. No, or I think he, he faces the winner of Gone and Ngannou. Okay. I think he gets the next title shot. Now, the question is, will he win that title shot? Because I think that both of those matchups are very tough for him. I think that yeah. the Gone would be an easier matchup for him than Francis. Yeah, I think so, too. Because I think Gone, at least, is a little bit more similar to what fighting. John Jones is used to. Yeah. You know, the movement, the playing of the game. And I think Jones plays it well with a little bit of better wrestling, right? But I don't think, and I don't know if this is just an opinion that has been bouncing around a lot lately, but I don't think he's going to win whoever, either. I don't think he'll be able to beat either of those guys. Yeah, I agree. What about Conor McGregor? We see him and against two. Yeah, another one I asked Dana White about, but that you're going to have to watch on Tuesday to see who he said okay. based on the odds that he would face. But, um, I, think we see him, I think we see him back, and I'd be interested to see against who. I, I think it will be one of the following people. 
Dustin Poirier, Charles Oliveira, or Nate Diaz? That's my opinion. Okay. Who do who do you think it should be? If I were to make if I were to make the fight? Yes, you're making it. I would have him face Rafael dos Anjos, personally. Like I think that's I think you want to give him a fight that would be considered a warm up, and if he doesn't pass that test, we know what we've got. Okay. And not that Rafael if, dos Anjos uh, is a walkover. Even I mean, if even a, if he loses to Fiziev? Yeah, yeah. I think either way. And especially if he beats Fiziev. If he beats Fiziev, now you've got a really good fight because he's got momentum. And I think Tony Ferguson would be an interesting one too. Okay. Do we see now? Do we see Henry Cejudo back? Does he take one of these triple champ fights or anything like that? I just don't think that the UFC thinks that he's worth what Henry thinks he's worth. And I think that that's always going to be a div- like a division between those two sides, right? And if you were going to bring Henry Cejudo back, the time would have been now. You have him face Volkanovski, try to become a, a three-division champion in the UFC. That's the juiciest fight you can make for Cejudo. And when I put a poll out on Twitter and said, who should Volkanovski face with Max Holloway out, Cejudo was the one that won the vote. Yeah. If you're not going to do it now, I don't know when you do it. And I don't know when it would make sense. Now, do you agree with the Korean zombie being the fight? It's <sighs> a good question because there aren't a whole lot of other options, right? Like if you're making that fight, what are your options? Your options are you wait to see what happens with Giga. Because if Giga wins, I think that Giga makes more sense than the Korean Zombie. I think he's got a better resume. And I think Giga's only, he's ranked 8th right now too, right? Something like that. Yeah, but either way, he'll have, he'll have won 8 fights in a row. So, I don't know. I mean, the Korean Zombie has that lo- bad loss to Ortega, which I still kind of sits with me. And he has a win over Dan Ige that wasn't super impressive to me. I mean, I think he won that fight pretty clearly. But I wasn't blown away with how he did it. And... I'd like to see the zombie get the shot because he had that fight against Aldo where he got injured in the title fight and lost. So I think it's an interesting matchup, but I think the odds are Volkanovski like minus 350 or something along those lines are the odds, and that's probably where it should be. I don't know how he's going to beat Volkanovski. Yeah, I mean, I think Volkanovski, should he take the interesting fight? Should he try to jump, or is he confident where he is? Well, because like wasn't oh, there talk about him jumping or going up or down or play? But yeah, but I don't know. I don't think that they want to do that. I think they want to keep the lightweight division moving. So either having Oliveira move down to forty-five or Volkanovski move up to fifty-five, I, I don't think that that's the play. Just not the time. I think that the UFC's decision is a sound one. Like I think that if you're going to put somebody in there against them, it's the one that it's the thing that I think is the easiest thing to do and makes some sense. Like it's yeah, I don't think there are going to be a lot of people mad that Zombie's getting the shot. Zombie's beloved. In the MMA yeah. community. Yeah, and I think it, every time he fights, he's exciting. So, yeah, why not? If He'll money was no object and USADA or whatever, Cejudo coming out of retirement was no object, that's the fight I would make. But I can't fault them for making the zombie fight. Okay. And but, what was the issue with Max Holloway? What happened? I don't know yet. I meant to ask Dana that, actually, and I forgot. But I'm curious what it is because they moved it down a month from March to April, which would mean that the injury must be pretty serious if... They're going to move the fight one month, and Max can't do it then either. Yeah, no, because I haven't really been able to find anything why he basically what injury or what extent of it. Maybe he's keeping it under wraps. Maybe he doesn't want anybody to know. Who knows? But uh, that's unfortunate Uh... because I would have loved to see that fight, even though we've seen it twice already. But I think if Volkanovski wins, if Volkanovski would have beaten Max a third time, where does Volkanovski rank among the great featherweights? Like you got to put him right up there. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't think he gets the credit that he no. deserves a lot of times for some reason. I did a poll and he, he finished in fourth place. I said, who's the greatest featherweight of all time? It was like him, McGregor, Aldo, and Holloway, and Volkanovski finished fourth. Hmm. That's interesting. I guess yeah. the time. I think we also forget how good Aldo was in the prime, too, right? And how good McGregor was. I think a lot of people forget yeah. how, how McGregor was just running through that division. What about of the UK guys? Patty or Gary? Who's going to be the bigger star? Well, Gary's not from the UK. Ian Gary? He's now in the US, though, now, right? But he's not from the United Kingdom. He's from Is Ireland. Kind of Ireland. I say that okay, because you're he, corrected, technical. He, he corrected, yeah, he corrected me when I, when I interviewed him. <laughs> Yeah. So now I've got to well, make sure I don't get that wrong again. That's it. Now I learned. I knew it wasn't, but I just, just I just threw it in there. Hopefully, no one knew. <laughs> what about but, them? Uh, yes, from them. What do you think? Who's going to be the bigger star out of the UK or Ireland? I think I think that the bigger star is Patty, but I think that Gary's the better fighter. Okay, I, I think so too. Yeah, I think so. But too. man, I, after I interviewed Gary, like I'm sold on that guy. Like he just has that it factor. Both of them do. That's why I'm kind of curious on who you think will be the bigger star. Yeah, Patty does too, for sure. And they both overcame some adversity in their fights. Like, Patty got rocked in his fight, and uh, Ian Gary, I believe, got rocked too, if I'm not mistaken, in that first round. Like, and then he ended up getting a late finish in the first, but, I mean, they, they, neither of them were given, you know, walkover matchups. They were, they were tough matchups, but uh, I just think Ian Gary has so much potential. I think he's only 22 or something along those lines too. Both of them are very impressive. Yeah. Lightweight champion. Who ends the year as lightweight champion? Oh, that's a good question. I think it's going to be Charles. Like I, I just don't oh, see. Okay. I don't think anybody really matches up great against them. I think if Islam Makhachev ends up beating, I actually think that um, Darius would be a worse matchup. And people are going to probably think I'm a, I'm not smart for saying this, but I think that Darius is a worse matchup for Charles Oliveira than Makhachev is. Like I think if hmm. if you're Makhachev and you take Oliveira down, like you're you're entering the snake pit, right? Yeah, Whereas I yeah. think that Dariush has good enough defensive jiu-jitsu to stave off whatever Oliveira throws at him. And I think he might be, his striking is up there with Oliveira's too. I'm not saying he would beat Oliveira necessarily, but I think that, uh, I just think Oliveira matches up favorably against just about everybody in the division. Yeah, I mean, you've always, I mean, you're, I'm a Oliveira guy, seems though. to be your guy. I'm a Mark, Oliveira Mark. Yes, you're definitely all Oliveira. That was well, one of my better... Good. My better bandwagons to jump on was the uh, Oliveira yeah. bandwagon. He certainly has made me look smart over the years. Who was your other one? Ankalaev? Glover is one of them. I love Glover. I've always loved yeah. Glover. Ankalaev is another guy, even though him and Glover are in the same division. I've always been you a big Ankalaev guy. You said he would be the champion by the end of 2022, didn't you? Was that one of them? When your yeah, pr early I, I predictions? Think, I, if he gets a title shot, I think he will be. Well, will he work his way to it? Well, he needs to beat... Um, who did I say? He's facing Thiago Santos. There's a lot of players right now in that division. I mean, Yuri's probably going to get the next shot. But then you've also got um, the matchup that's coming up. Rakic, between, right? Between Rakic and Bojovic. That, like, that's an interesting matchup. So yeah. I think there's a lot of moving parts in that division. But if Ankalaev uh -huh. looks impressive against Thiago Santos, gets a finish or something, because Santos isn't an easy guy to get a finish against, mm -hmm. I think it's going to be interesting to see. All right, I got one more question for you. All right, shoot. Do we see Kayla Harrison in the UFC this year? Another thing I asked Dana White about, and he basically said, no update. I think she's no going to be in the PFL. If I had to bet on it, if you hmm. gave me even money, PFL, UFC, I think she ends up in the PFL again. All right. Interesting. That's my opinion on it. I, I don't think she ends up in the I UFC. hope not. I hope not because uh, I just like her personality. I think she would do great for uh, 
the UFC, and I think it just helped elevate the sports and women MMA to have her there. I agree. But you got to think of it from Kayla Harrison's perspective. Like, if you're Kayla Harrison... Guaranteed big, a million? Is this what it is? Well, the big sell for going to the UFC was to beat the GOAT, Amanda Nunes. But Amanda Nunes lost a lot of star power with that loss to Pena. You see people diminishing Amanda Nunes left, right, and center. Like, what is she, ranked number four in the pound-for-pound list or something now? Like, something ridiculous like that? Uh, huh. I don't know. Like, people are not giving Amanda Nunes her due. And as a result of that, I think that that really diminishes the accomplishment of beating her. Like, if Kayla Harrison came in at 145 and fought her training partner and friend, Amanda Nunes, it doesn't elevate her as much as it would had Nunes beaten Pena. But now you look at what Nunes can do in the PFL, like, she can make millions and millions and millions of dollars there, still destroy everybody, you know, retire undefeated, and having finished all of her, or come close to finishing all of her opponents, I don't think she, she didn't, hasn't finished Larissa Pacheco, but, you know, like, scoring these fast finishes, basically being what Ronda Rousey should have been, what everybody thought Ronda yeah. Rousey was going to be, snapping up these arm bars early in fights, getting dominant wins. Now, will she be considered the greatest ever if she doesn't go to the UFC or doesn't beat a cyborg in Bellator, or et cetera? That's the big question, right? Maybe she just takes a fight, a two-year deal with the PFL and gets a couple more wins, sees what the landscape's like, and then go to the UFC. Because timing really is everything in this industry. Yeah, I mean, I think there's still good fights for her. I mean, even her winning the PFL for like a third or fourth time won't do as good for her to go into the UFC to beat even Peña or Nunez again. Like, she'll yeah, make a lot that... more money in the PFL. Yeah, but a lot of people, her her interviews show. I don't know. It's I know she wants it, but a lot of people feel like with her Olympics, her you know her mindset that being the best is more than that money. I'm sure she's gonna make some, maybe something equivalent. I don't even think so. Mm, in, think in a so. full year, a because full year of UFC not only does she make a million dollars from endorsements. She makes like 500k a fight. Oh, does she? I yeah. thought it was all different. No, it's okay. not just a tournament, right? So, so she's walking a, out with almost what two mil three, then she a year, like three mil a year. Jeez. With sponsorships? Yeah. So that a girl? Like, you really need to twist her arm to make her go to the UFC, I would think. They would really have to do a real full-court press. And I think that had Nunes beaten Pena, then you have a lot more incentive from, on both sides. Whether you're the UFC and you're Harrison, there's a lot more incentive. Now the yeah. incentive is dwindled on both ends. Like I don't think the UFC has the sense of urgency anymore because now the Pena-Nunes rematch is big. Yeah, yeah. But if uh, Pena wins again, that could be fun. Right? Yeah, if but then Pena, Pena has wins, to move up because Harrison's not moving to 135. Oh, that's true. It's a different weight. Yeah, so it's all Cyborg, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, true. That's, if you want greatness, you go to Bellator and you beat Cyborg like three times. Like, that's, like, that's yeah, kind that's, of what she has to do, right? Then, yeah. But that said, okay. I mean, in the PFL, she's going to be matched up with, like, Julia Budd, who I think is an excellent fighter. Um, we're going to see what happens with Clarissa Shields, although I'm not confident that she's ever going to be able to compete with, like, Kayla Harrison. No, I don't think so. Um, so... Let's just see how it goes, really. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that the PFL is her, is if you have her go to the PFL, it's not the end game. Like, she could maybe sign for one more year with the PFL and see how things shake out. Or two more years, just sign short deals. And then you get to be a free agent over and over again. And I think that the PFL would be okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I still would love for something to have more super fights and back and forth between organizations. But uh, I guess that's not going to happen anytime soon. So, uh, yeah, I guess Kayla Harrison, three mil a year. Yeah, good move. I'm with you now. Yeah, I thought it I mean, was a million a year, maybe a hundred thousand no, no, a fight no. in between. No, she gets, you like, know, she gets good money. Jeez. She gets good money. Dang, PFL. Yeah, where are you getting this money? Exactly. Well, that's spread the, the wealth. Question. That's the big question. <laughs> yeah, spread where do the wealth. Where do all these promotions get this money from? 
Yeah, get, spread get the it. detectives on this case. Yeah, give some more to Glory wherever you're getting it too. Yeah, exactly. Pass it over there a little yeah, bit. Let's send some send know? some wire transfers over to uh, to Glory. Yeah, and some TSN oh, MMA yeah, shows. Partnerships, a bunch of partnerships with uh, different uh, worldwide kickboxing. Yeah, yeah, we had on. Ryzen and Infusion. Rise. Uh, Ryzen. I, rise. 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 Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's cool. I think it just gets a lot of our. Uh, younger fighters competing more and getting more experience, and because you got to think, COVID's you know really affected the Netherlands. So where's our big market in the Netherlands? So we're we're having to make sure our uh, our guys are able to compete and stay active, and that's how we get better fighters. At the end of the day, uh, you're not we're not going to build world champions with them just uh, being inactive. But uh, I'm I'm in the hopes that we're still going to put on some big shows with our big stars and let our uh, undercard guys kind of build some experience so when they come back to glory they're you know sharper and better than ever and is the first fight of the year uh announced as of yet or i know it got pushed uh back? i'm not too sure if it's announced but i know they're leaning towards march mm-hmm. so okay. march would be the plan i believe but i don't even think it'll be in holland so we'll be seeing because i know there's a lot of different things going on with holland and drug testing and um, closing events and gyms are closed down. So I think it's uh, Holland's been a nightmare. So we'll see. Let's move I'm operations to waiting. Texas. Pardon me? Move operations to Texas and you guys are good. Yeah, that'd be good. We did. We used to. We've been to Houston. That's mm-hmm. when we're in the North American market. But uh, unfortunately, I think we're staying in Europe for uh, the next little bit. All right, Joe. Well, thanks for this. We'll, uh, we'll catch up awesome. next week. We'll uh, recap UFC Fight Night, Chikadze versus Cater. I guess it's Cater versus Chikadze because Cater is ranked higher. Yeah. And then we can preview an awesome UFC 270 card. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, this uh, this fight here, I'm a little nervous, to be honest with you. I, um, I want to see both guys at least be elevated from this fight. That's what it is. Even if one guy loses, let's make it a fight of the night where they both get 50K. That's my prediction and hopes. I hope that for every fight. Yeah, no, especially these two because I know them personally. So, yes. Let's follow Joe's uh, New Year's resolution. Just be positive towards the fight Just be positive. And for the yeah. fighters. That's it. I want all the fighters to do well. Okay. Everyone's getting bonuses. That's it. All right, Joe. Well, we'll see you next week. All right, Thanks for tuning in. Nice to be back in 2022. And we'll have more for you next week and the weeks to come on the TSN MMA Show. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.